This is the Greatest Story Ever podcast. There comes a time when all the cosmic tumblers have clicked into place and the universe opens itself up for a few seconds to show you what's possible. With Keith Conrad. You know, everything is not an anecdote. You have to discriminate. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. I'm continuing my quest to chronicle all of the unbelievable life experiences you people have ever had. Like, for example, my mom once walked into a moose and for some reason has John Lennon's candy bar wrapper. And my dad once put something in orbit around the moon. My brother, well, we're still waiting for something interesting to happen to him. Over the past few weeks, we've had a string of travel stories, but this week we're going to be dipping our toes into the sports world. One person who seems like they could be a future guest on this podcast is Philip Banks, who currently lives in Arizona. Philip served in the U.S. Marines and now works in the security industry, and back in the day he was a college football player for a school in California. During the 4th of July weekend, he was home minding his own business when he heard a lot of commotion outside his apartment building. Thinking perhaps there was a fight or some other disturbance, he went to look and check it out, as one would do. Then he heard someone yell there was a fire. He grabbed some things and ran outside barefoot. He saw a woman, who unfortunately was already engulfed in flames, throw her three-year-old son over the balcony and dove just in time to catch him before he hit the ground. Unfortunately, the boy's mother ended up dying in the fire, but the kid was uninjured thanks to his quick thinking and his experience catching footballs back in college. Just an amazing story, and you can see the video on my Twitter account, at Keith R. Conrad. David Shepard's story isn't quite as heart-stopping, but it does stick with the sports theme. David is a producer and writer for CBS Sports Radio, and he's the host of the Good Shepherd podcast, available wherever you procure your podcasts, including this one. David crossed paths with a sports figure who is not exactly known for being jolly. David, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, so we've been uh, we've been sort of raising the bar with uh, with stories lately. Uh, what is what is the single craziest thing that's ever happened to you? So crazy thing in sport. Um, I contacted an athletic director. His, his name I'm slipping my mind, but it was it was at Texas Tech, and he was the old basketball coach. And I wanted to get him on, on a show that I was doing with Scott Burrell at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I don't know why it slipped my mind. So I go, you know, hey, it was great. It, was, it would be great to have you on. Uh, we're talking right now about college basketball and recruiting and cheating and how that works in today's game. So he goes, look, um, I, I have a couple of good stories myself, but I have a guy who's a veteran for you. I go, who's that? He goes, oh, Bobby Knight. I go, <laughs> I go, great. Uh, so, and he says, but by the way, it's going to be uh, a long shot. Um, but I can definitely call him. He's probably fishing right now. So I go, okay, great. You know, thank, thank you so much. Um, so it's about half an hour before the show. I'm waiting for the call. Um, I don't get it. Uh, so I call him. I just say, you know what? Uh, I was kind of told not to call him. But at this point, what do I have to lose? I'm going to give him a call. Um, You're not close so, enough to him that he's going to be able to throw a chair at you or anything. So you got to feel kind of safe. Oh, no, no, not, 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 not a chair. Uh, maybe like a... You know, maybe like a, 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 a pleasant or jokingly half-hearted threat, uh, but definitely not a chair in the physical <laughs> proximity. So, so uh, I call him, and he goes, yes. And I go, Coach, uh, my name's David Shepard. I'm a producer for CBS Sports Radio. He goes, oh, David, I was expecting a call from you. 
I go, well, my coach, I was told not to call you. He goes, well, that's not here nor there. So what can I do for you? Um, so I just started talking to him. And we're going back and forth. And he's telling me about coaching Michael Jordan. And he's telling me what it was like in terms of his relationship with Coach K and Dean Smith and uh, John Wooden. And, you know, he was, he was basically – you know, talking about John Wooden, it's like, you know, John Wooden is, is, the, is the pinnacle of coaching in any sport. Right. So so he's, he's talking about John Wooden, and he's like, you know, listen, the guy could flat out coach, but I'm not really a fan of how he ran his program. And I'm like, wow, coach, this is, this is really good stuff. Thank you so much. Uh, and he just keeps going on and on and on and on. I'm like, listen, I'm not going to stop the guy. If he wants to, you know, have this, you know, very detailed, very deep conversation with me, he's not giving me typical, you know, coach speak. Mm-hmm. You know, he's giving me some real answers here. Well, is so he actually point, is he actually coaching at that time, or is he is he no, done at that point? No, this was this was this was about this was around the holidays in 2015. Okay, so so yeah, I, that, that's probably why he wasn't giving you coach speak is because he didn't have anything to lose. Why why not? Right, but right, Keith. But let, let's not kid ourselves. He wasn't going to give me coach speak even when he was coaching. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So so it ends up it ends up being. Uh, so about 20 minutes go by, and I go, Coach, uh, so we're going to put you on. <laughs> Listen, I go, Coach, you know, our interview's going to start in about 10 minutes. He goes, what do you mean? I go, oh, Coach, the interview's out with me. He goes, I just gave you my best interview. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and I go, I go, oh, I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, all right, I, please tell me I didn't blow it. I felt like I was recording. He thought he was going to be an inter- interview with me. So Scott is like Bobby Knight's biggest fan, Scott Farrell. Uh, Keith, are you familiar with him? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So he went. He obviously went to Bloomington. Uh, he went to the journalism school. So he goes, listen, kid, he goes, I like you. You had some good questions. I'm happy to do it. I go, oh, thank God. Um, <laughs> so then Scott, so then Scott Farrell, and, and Scott Farrell, you know, he's interviewed basically everyone, and, and he's been interviewed multiple times by Howard Stern. Howard Stern, our business lead, I don't have to tell you, he's, he's as big as it gets. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so then so Scott then had him on for half an hour. Um, and so at the end of the interview, um, you know, Scott, Scott pumps, you know, and you know how it is, man, like like these hosts. I mean, they have a lot of guests, and sometimes they, they have guest spots to fill time. Let, let's be honest about that. Not all hosts, but most hosts. But I never have seen Scott Pearl that excited about anything. And he just said, you know, that was, he said that made my year. Um, and not like, you know, the five days remaining in the year, but that, that, that made my year. And so to hear that as a producer, um, and then to get on the phone again with Bobby and just say, thank you so much for your time. And Bobby goes, you know, hey, call me, call me anytime. Um, that was, that was really, that was one of the highlights. That for me, that was the thrill of my, of my career. Um, what was amazing was I like, ended up calling him like a year later and he's like, no, I, I don't, I don't do shows, in <laughs> shows anymore. Mm-hmm. So I got him, I got him just in time. Um, I got, I got another one for you. Okay. I got another one for you. Uh, but it's not me any time, obviously. Um, the other one that was really, uh, that was really cool for me was I remember, um, in studio, uh, it was after the Lakers game, and we had about five minutes remaining on our show. And this was at SiriusXM at the time. And um, Ron Artest was doing Shade 45 at SiriusXM NBA. Mm-hmm. And I was standing outside the studio the whole time. And um, 
Scott had never interviewed him in, in person. So Ron Artest is one of his favorite players. So, you know, I, I get him. I go, you know, Ron, we got five minutes left on the year, but we'd love to have you out for the final five minutes. He goes, you know, thank you so much for, for offering, um, you know, but, but I really do have to go. And I said, Ron, totally understand. I just want to let you know, because I knew about his foundation. I said, I just want to let you know, I know about your foundation and what you do is incredible. And he goes, how much longer is the show? I go, well, Ron, about four and a half minutes. He goes, okay, I'll sprint. I'll be there in 10. Uh, that was, that was another cool story in terms of working in the field. I had kind of the opposite experience where uh, a couple of years ago I was uh, producing a show on uh, WLS here in, uh, sure. in in Chicago, and uh, at that point the uh, the police uh, superintendent Gary McCarthy he was he was on uh, he was doing interviews because this is when like all the Laquan McDonald stuff was going on, sure. and uh, he was doing a TV interview. On uh, on ABC TV, which was in the bottom floor of the building we were in, and so I ran down there to see if I could uh, get him to to come be on our show. Right, and uh, uh, he says, uh, uh, "You know, I've I've got to go to a meeting right now, right. but here's my cell phone. Call me, and we'll set something up for tomorrow." So I'm that, that, that's I'm, I'm sort of halfway about that because I feel like he's probably just blowing me off. Sure. Um, uh, but you know, hey, there's a shot we might might get him the next day, and so uh, literally, probably about 20 minutes after that, uh, we found out that the meeting he had to go to was to meet with Mayor Rahm Emanuel, in which he got fired. Oh no! <laughs> so uh, so uh, the next day he wasn't very talkative, so we we didn't sure. end up having him on. But uh, I just uh, he he didn't know that at the time, and uh, we didn't know that, but. Uh, Literally, he couldn't come on our show because he had to go get fired. Well, if there's a reason not to come on a show, it would be losing your livelihood. I don't want to take it that far, but that would be a. And I, you know what? Credit to you, Keith, because you know you could have still poked the bear and you could have said, "Hey, you know, we, we, we talked yesterday, but you respected kind of the life situation." So that was really cool of you. Not every producer, not every person in sports would do that. Well, I, you know, I, uh, I, I figured. Uh, well, first of all, actually, uh, I I did try the uh, the, oh. the cell phone, so so I, I don't deserve that much credit. But uh, he did he didn't answer, so uh, I'm not sure if that was because he was just uh, you know like he shut the phone off and just just wasn't interested in doing any uh, you know talking to anybody at that point, or if maybe like the cell phone belonged to the city, so he literally wasn't able to answer it. Right. Well, I take it back. Even uh, some producers would even badgered and followed up and followed up. So you only called once, and then you, and then you respected that enough to let it be. I I did, and, and literally I I gave him a a, a, a very uh, you know an email where I said or a, a voicemail where I was like you know hey you know I I understand the situation has changed, but I figured I would check in anyway right. and just and just see what's going on. And you know he 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 never called me back, but that's okay. I understand things uh, things right. happen. So yeah. uh, that, that's a uh, that, that's sort of the opposite of what you had because yours yours ended a, a lot better. Well, uh, I, I've had a lot of stories like that one though. Keith. I've had an awful lot of stories like that where guys committed to go on and then they they have daddy duty uh, or you know they overslept or you know they missed a call their phone was on silent you know something of that something of that nature. So I, I've had more of those than, than the success stories, but that's the life of a producer unless you know or, or life of a writer unless you're producing for a dan patrick or a Stephen a smith you know those bigger guys 
um, you know, it, it's hit or miss. And, and they don't mean any harm. They just got a thousand things on their plate. Yeah, it's like Dan Patrick, like literally somebody blows them off. You could literally call anybody and they'll be like, yeah, sure, I'll go on with Dan Patrick. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a legend in our, in, our, in our business. I wonder how long uh, he's going to keep doing it. Um, you know, credit to him. He's really, really made a nice transition from ESPN to, to radio. Um, you know, as he, a matter of fact, I think friend. that yeah. uh, I, I think that booking guests on uh, the Dan Patrick's show is <laughs> is so easy that it doesn't right. even count as producing. The, those right. those jokers, I mean, come on, they they just they just roll out of bed and they've got you know five people booked, and and they get they get a national platform every day. Yeah, right. And, and I, you know, they have a little basketball court to play around in. I mean. Really, they're they're living their best their best lives. Oh, they got it. They got everything. They're getting they're getting credentials. I'm sure everywhere. And again, this is, this is just uh, you know wise speculation. I don't know for a fact, but I do know they go to all kinds of movie premieres. They're in all kinds of Adam Sandler movies. Uh, they get they get asked to do interviews uh, left and right, where they can go on pretty much any show themselves. Um, it, it is it is a good life. I I would love to see Todd Fritz's Rosebeck. I would be so curious. <laughs> See how many A-list guys he has up his sleeve, and I know like when. And what's amazing about that, and like you know how it is, like when you reach out to the bigger names and you want to get them as guests, they're often not going to get back to you because because who are you? Right. But when you're yeah. when you're Todd Fritz and you reach out to someone, his life is so easy, even when they can't do it, because they're going to get back to him instantaneously. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, as a as a normal uh, everyday uh, mere human <laughs> producer. Like right. I, I've always found that the the hardest part, you know, when you're when you're reaching out to somebody, especially cold, is to actually know who to reach out to, who can get you in in touch with that person, and and sure. I think that that sort of circles back to uh, to you with uh, with with Bobby Knight is is you you reached out to the right person. I, I you know what that's just, you know what I got I got I got this is driving me crazy. Okay, Texas Tech athletic director <laughs> Bobby. Who is this guy? Who is this guy? And that's kind of a trick that I, that I, Gerald Meyer. Okay, Gerald Meyer. I don't know why I said my mind. That's a trick that I learned is, um, and if you get the biggest guess of your career, you let me know because, and I want to take credit for it. You go, <laughs> you go to a guy that you know has a relationship with him. Um, and then you say, hey, I'd love to get you on. I'd also love to get so-and-so on because it reminds me of you. Uh, what's the best way you recommend going about that? And then oftentimes we'll just say, oh, let me give him his number or her number. And then when you reach out to them, you can say, hey, I got your number through this person. So then it's like, oh, well, that's someone that, you know, I associate closely with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I learned, I learned that. I learned that trick. That's, that's my way to go about it. Secondhand booking. Well, yeah. 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 Well, well said. I got another kind of cool story. Oh, okay. It's a little, it's, it's a little, it's, it's not, it's cool in one sense. <clears throat> um, I was producing for Karan Butler at SiriusXM NBA. Um, oh, you know what? I got another, I got another story too. But I was producing for Karan Butler at SiriusXM NBA. And uh, he, I asked him, I said, what's the best way to get Kobe Bryant? And he said, we're having Kobe on, on the show next. Like he says, I'll make it happen. And that was, that was, pretty cool and then we were going back and forth about Kobe Bryant's stories and what he was telling me was you know Kobe Bryant defined so much of our generation I'm, I'm in my 
I'm 33, so I, I obviously grew up with Kobe. Kobe mm-hmm. was our Michael Jordan. And just the stuff he was telling me about Kobe, you know, a guy that is, is, was one of Kobe's best friends. And to be able to hear, you know, and it was such detail, the kind of person Kobe was off the court, um, that he was often misrepresented, he was often, you know, misinterpreted, and that was pretty cool. But another very quick story, I'm producing, and we're, and I just said, you know what, Carmelo Anthony is a polarizing figure because he's a guy that is very heavy in ISO basketball, and he's also a guy that hasn't really won, um, you know, respected to a guy his skill level. Mm-hmm. So Mark Cuban, so this guy calls up and he goes, this is, this is Mark, he goes, Mark Cuban. And I go, well, we're really not talking about Mark Cuban right now. He goes, no, no, you don't understand. This is Mark Cuban. And that was, that was incredible. So I was talking, I ended up talking to him for a few minutes about uh, Shark Tank. And I talked to him um, about what it's like, you know, being the owner for, for, it was 19 years at the time. And he couldn't have been a nicer guy, but it's just amazing. You spend, you spend six months a year, like you said, human producers, trying to get that big fish and you try to come at it with all angles. And when a guy like Mark Cuban just happens to be listening and calls your show because the topic was compelling enough and then actually takes the time to have a conversation with you and isn't one of those guys that, that is dull or uh, laconic with producers. He's a guy that's willing to talk to anybody. I thought that mm-hmm. was really special. It told me a lot about Mark Cuban that day. Yeah, that is a, that, that's a, that, that's a really cool thing. I I was trying to think as you were as you were telling that story, like who's the uh, who's who's the coolest like person who's randomly called in to to a show that I've I've been producing, and I right. you know I I don't think that's happened. The, the closest that I've ever gotten, and uh, and uh, this isn't uh, meant to be political in any way because I'm just thinking sure. of him as a broadcaster. Uh, very early on, when uh, Sean Hannity had first become a syndicated radio host. The right. station that I was working for uh, picked up his his show, and he was supposed to be on the afternoon show that I was producing. Uh, except uh, I was out that day, and the person that that uh, that was was taking my place, like, right. dude calls in and, and he's like, "Hey, this is Sean Hannity," sounding like Sean Hannity. But to the guy that was answering the phone, it sounded like somebody doing a Sean Hannity impression. So he's right, like, right. yeah, right, and just hangs up on him. No, <laughs> and, and, oh, that's, that, that's crazy. And then he called back, and he's like, no, this is really Sean Hannity. So, so yeah, that was, uh, again, kind of the opposite, the, the, the less happy ending of, of, of your story. Well, I, right. I, I think that, uh, you know, b- between the two of us, we've actually given people sort of an, an insight into what it's like to, to be a radio producer. So I, I think we've accomplished a lot today. I would definitely say we gave a very solid look behind the curtain. Well, thank, thanks so much for sharing your stories. Absolutely, Kevin. Thanks for having me on. Be sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening. It helps new people find the show and keeps a steady stream of fascinating stories coming your way. Plus, if you think you can top David's stories or any of the other stories, shoot me an email at greateststoryeverpodcast at gmail.com. Cabotron.